Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as His people. In this episode, we're going to learn about the Lord's eight holy assemblies and festivals. We will discuss how these pertain to the church and not exclusively to Israel, and we'll investigate how the Lord intends for all of us to honor Him in celebrating these joyous occasions. These eight feasts and celebrations of the Lord and His holy convocations are declared in Leviticus chapter 23. It reads in part, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. All these festivals belong to God, and they point to the first and second advents of Christ. And the first holy assembly mentioned in Leviticus 23 is the Sabbath. The remaining seven festivals are seasonally divided into spring and fall. These include in the spring the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, which we know as Resurrection Sunday, and the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost. And then in the fall, we have the Feast of Trumpets, which is also the Jewish Civil New Year, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, Paul said in Romans chapter 3, what advantage then has the Jew, or what is the profit of circumcision? And he said, much in every way, he says chiefly, because to them were committed the oracles of God. These oracles include God's instructions for how to celebrate his feasts. And while Israel was entrusted with the feasts of the Lord, they were not exclusively for them. Now, Yeshua spoke regarding the Sabbath. In Mark chapter 2, he said, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And in the Talmud, Rabbi Jonathan Joseph affirms this by saying, For it is holy unto you, it is committed to your hands, not you to its hands. And he was speaking of the Sabbath. And so contrary to the opinion of some, or many even, that Jews are prohibited from healing on the Sabbath, the Talmud specifically states, but to save a life, one may take one down even from the altar. And so the rabbis agree that if the altar sacrifices in the temple can be suspended to save a life, how much more should the saving of human life suspend the Sabbath laws? Now Yeshua did not say that the Sabbath was made for Israel. He declared it was made for all humanity because he is Lord of all, and he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so for us who are in Christ, the Sabbath specifically belongs to us, both Jew and Gentile, as a promise of our eternal rest in him. It says in 1 Corinthians, For us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Now, as to the Passover, Paul instructed the Gentiles in Corinth. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he said, Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so while the observance of the Passover initially had restrictions for Gentiles, it was certainly not prohibited from them to partake in it. The Lord said in Exodus chapter 12, And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as a native of the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat it, 
One law shall be for the native-born and for the stranger who dwells among you. So the Lord had made provision for the Gentiles to join themselves to the house of Israel and become one, even become equal with them, because one born of the land implied that they would become a native Israelite. But now in Christ, the circumcision required of the Gentiles is that of the heart and not of the flesh. In the Old Testament, the Lord spoke through his prophets to the Gentiles, specifically regarding the Sabbath and the Feast of Tabernacles. Let's read some of the verses. In Isaiah chapter 56, it says, Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of the man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. And he was speaking of Israel. And then he goes on to say, Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And then in Isaiah chapter 66, the Lord says, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. In Zechariah chapter 14, the Lord speaks of the Feast of Tabernacles, and he says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. And then lastly in Revelation chapter 7 we read, And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, which are traditionally held in celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. And they are crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And let's not forget that the Sabbath was sanctified, set apart, and declared holy to the Lord at the time of creation. In Genesis chapter 2, the Lord says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And then in Exodus chapter 20, the Lord says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. The Sabbath is by far the longest of the Ten Commandments spoken to the children of Israel, and it was given to them as an eternal ordinance of many Sabbaths. It says in Leviticus chapter 16, It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. Now this verse shows us that Christ is both our atonement for sin and our peace, and so he is our eternal Sabbath. King Solomon honored the Sabbath as an eternal ordinance when he dedicated the first temple. He said in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, Behold, I am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God, 
to dedicate it to him, to burn before him sweet incense for the continual showbread, for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths, on the new moons, and on the set feasts of our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. Now, sadly, the temple of Solomon was destroyed and Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And the time of their exile correlated with the number of sabbatical years that were not observed according to the law of Moses. And also, it was done to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of the prophet Jeremiah, where he said, Until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. And then, unfortunately, then again later, the Roman Empire would destroy the second temple and exile the Jewish people to every nation and corner of the earth. But Yeshua spoke of a time of restoration before his return. He said in Matthew chapter 17, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. And he wasn't speaking of the restoration of earthly governmental, political, or economic systems. He was specifically referring to the restoration of Israel and the kingdom of God. The Lord declared in Jeremiah chapter 32, He says, Yes, I will rejoice over them to do good, and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. That is an amazing declaration of God. He says, With all his heart and soul, he desires to restore the Jewish people. God is consumed with the restoration of Israel, and we, the church, are the ones that he has commissioned to help him restore his heritage. And so the church should be equally consumed with God's heart for the restoration of his people. And in laboring to restore them, we are called the repairers of the breach. And part of this breach is the restoration of the Lord's eternal ordinance of the Sabbath and his holy convocations, and not just to Israel, but to all the nations of the earth. It says in Isaiah chapter 58, it says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And the Lord spoke through his holy prophets of old about a time of restoration. In Matthew chapter 13, it says, For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And so in the latter days before the return of Christ, it is written in Isaiah chapter 2, it says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, and this is before the return of Christ, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And so once again, the Lord is speaking to the Gentiles. He says, all the nations shall come up to Jerusalem to learn of God's laws. And these laws include how to honor the Sabbath and the feasts of the Lord. 
And we, the Jewish people who were entrusted with the oracles of God, are specifically called to teach the Gentiles how to walk in his ways. It says in Zechariah chapter 8, it says, In those days ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Now, none of this implies in any way that the Gentiles are to become Jewish. In fact, on the contrary, the Lord is building a house. He's making a temple, a house of prayer for all nations. And so the church will sing to the Lord a new song in Revelation chapter 5. It says, We sing, in fact, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So there's this irrational fear within the church that by somehow observing the Sabbath and God's festivals, that we're bringing God's people back under the burden and bondage of the Mosaic law. Well, far be it from that, the Sabbath is a gift for God's people. It's not only a day of rest, it's a promise of the Holy Spirit and a reminder of our future eternal rest in Yeshua. And God created the world to flow in seasons from new moon to new moon. And his holy convocations give us this pattern that continually brings us back to a place of both remembering what the Lord has done for us and the anticipation of all the amazing things that he is yet to bring forth. And that's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And as we wait on the imminent return of Christ, we are called to immerse and delight ourselves in his presence and not to dishonor the Sabbath and the Lord's holy convocations by using these days of rest as opportunities to catch up on errands or become immersed in other selfish activities. No, the Lord said we are to honor Him and not go our own ways or find our own pleasure or speak our own words. He said these are holy days of rest that are sanctified and set apart so that we might delight in Him praying, worshiping, singing, dancing, studying his word, and bringing the family of God together for joyful celebrations of food and eternal friendships. So, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let us in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.